Welcome to The Coat Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this show, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to Elders past and present. The Coat Hanger is a show and podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host, Fiona Lamb, coming to you from Garingai land in Point Clare on the central coast of New South Wales, and I'm joined by... Lauren Hodson, and I'm uh, broadcasting from Gymea in the Southern Shire, which is Darawal country. Tonight we're reviewing the semi-finals for AFLW Season 8, um, and Swans went down to Crows, Dees went down to Cats. We are going to discuss the retirement announcements of coaching peeps, Um talk about potential player movements and we'll preview next week's prelims. So let's get started with what I do have to say is a valiant effort by the Swans. I mean, the score really shows that the Crows absolutely pummeled them. But I've got to say I was a bit proud of my Swannies at times and and what I want to say is that Without their defensive efforts, that score would have been a whole lot bigger. It would have been three figures, I'm sure. They did some monster efforts in defence at times. Um, But in terms of their scoring, it was a bit kind of not there. (laughs) Yeah, look, I I think I agree with everything you've said there, Fee. And, um, look, yeah, the defensive efforts were certainly there, particularly in that first half. but I think we saw the Crows show why they've been, you know, one of the most dominant sides in the game. Um, I think they've just made their their fifth straight or their fifth preliminary final. But, uh, look, quarter time, eight points in it, really close. Even partway through the second quarter, there wasn't much, but a couple of late goals just before the half, and it probably thought, oh, you know, a bit worrying signs here, you know, the, the Crows are on a break and then, Unfortunately for the the Swans, the Swans couldn't get a goal after half time, and uh, the, the Crows really just ran away with it. But yeah, everything you said. Look, the, the pressure was still there, still there. The effort was still there, um, but the Crows unfortunately were just uh, a bit too good for the Swans. Yeah. Um, but I said, look, fantastic season. Um, you know, Swans again. Laura Gardner. You know, she was dominant for the Swans. Um, Ella Head's another young one. Um, she she was quite good as well, I thought. But, uh, yeah, the Crows were just dominant. I mean, and the usual suspects for them, Anne Hatchard, she had 36 disposals. <laughs> she can do damage with half that amount. <laughs> Ebony Marinoff, 14 tackles. Now, we come to expect that from her. Yeah. You know, so it was a very good effort. And you mentioned a, a former... Um, I guess you could say... uh, She's still one of ours. As far as I'm concerned, if anyone (laughs) either comes from New South Wales or ACT, um, has played even one match for Sydney AFL or or anywhere in New South Wales or has played for Swans or Giants and then gone elsewhere, they're still ours. Well, that's right. So a brief cheerio to you, Yvonne Bonner. That's right. She used it for a, a harbourside footy lens, doesn't she? But um, well, what yeah, I really like about the the crows is that um, uh, in true preschooler um, style, you have to share. 
Yeah. You have to share. And they did. They shared the goals out like you wouldn't believe. So we've got Anne Hatchard on two. We've got Chelsea Randall on two. We've got Jessica Waterhouse on two and Yvonne Bonner on two. And I don't know who else had one, but I can't. Just well, I can see yet. that. Uh, Danielle Ponta had one. So did Madison Newman. So that means both Newmans scored goals. Uh, the right. other, Alicia Newman for the Swans. Yep. Um, and Eloise Jones and Caitlin Gould were the other goal scorers for the there Corinthians. There you go. They, um, they certainly shared. So I know the, yeah. Well, Ponta had a big game, didn't she? It just didn't. It just doesn't show in in terms of um, goals, but yeah, she, no, she was she was very very impressive. That's that's for sure. But like I said, it's um you know you look at the whole season, and I know Scotty Gowans, um he was he was pretty impressed, and I think you know proud of the proud of the team, and they've um they've yeah. made such such an improvement um from where they were last season to you know no wins from what was it ten games. So yeah, making finals, winning a final. Um, they finish a very decent eighth on the ladder. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about some of the swans. So Chloe Malloy again. Uh, was Alicia Newman got the first goal? Uh, she did. Yes. Yes, I think first, she got first goal for the swans. That is, yeah. That's and right. I mean, Chloe Malloy. They only got two, but. <laughs> well, that's right. So they shared as well. But unfortunately, it would have been nice if there were a few more sharing in the goals for them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and like I said, Laura Gardner, um, she was, you know, the Swans' top disposal getter. Uh. Ella Heads. Uh, Julio Sullivan was third for the Swans in terms of disposals. But, um, yeah, the, the, I mean, the Crows were just dominant. So they just got – their players just got so much of the ball. Mm. And, um, yeah, the Swans were just – we're just under the pump all the time. But, you know, you look at it, Swans are in their second season. The Crows are in their eighth. They've won three premierships already. They said they've just made their fifth or sixth prelim final. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's, uh, you know, something to be something to be proud of. And I think it's going to spur the Swans on for next year. And um, I think seeing the improvement in them, um, obviously they had a good recruiting uh, program in between season one and two. Yes. This season is only going to help them uh, retain their key players, but also potentially attract um, some, you know, top quality talent in between, you know, this season and next. Yeah. And uh, just having a look at the stats, have you got those up in front of you? Just, I do. You, have I just want to point out two stats. One is disposal efficiency and the other is tackles. Do you want to talk to that? Uh, but yeah, disposal efficiency. Um, the Crows were sixty six point two, the Swans sixty point four. So you know that's a that's a bit of a difference there. Um, and I think the other one you said was tackles, but I just noticed there hitouts. Hitouts for the match fifty three to the Crows, sixteen for the Swans. So you know the Crows were getting getting you know first hand to the ball. Um, but yeah, like it. We, I mean, we like to look at our stats, and unfortunately for the Swans, the the Crows are sort of fairly dominant, um, you know, a, across the park. Um, I'm sorry, just looking for the tackles here, but um, and turnovers, unfortunately, was one the Swans won. They had sixty six to the uh, the Crows fifty five. 
Yeah. Um, and another one I'm looking at, you know, you talk about it outs, the, the Crows dominated, but clearances they dominated. And it's probably because they were winning the hit outs. You know, they had 32 clearances to the the Swans 20. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty impressive there from the Crows. It's hard to it's hard to win when you I guess you're getting beat on so many um so many key stats there unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well <clears throat> thank you Swans for a great season and we look forward to uh, what you have in store for us next season. Enjoy your break. You've earned it. All right, so now let's have a look at the D's who went down to the Cats. And I've got to say, at first, early glances at the scores, I just thought it was all over Red Rover for for the D's. It wasn't looking good. <laughs> Certainly in, uh, in the second quarter, things were dire. Uh, so they finished the second quarter... Um, D's were one four ten to uh, to the cats four five twenty nine. So yeah, they they were kept scoreless or goalless, I should say, in the first quarter. So it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, it wasn't. It certainly wasn't looking good, was it? And like the the previous week, the D's just looked like they were always under pressure when they got the ball, and they. They were, you know, fumbling when they normally wouldn't, um, you know, probably making some poor decisions. But the Cats were just, as much as the Demons didn't play well, the Cats were on fire. Yeah. They were playing their best footy. Um, you know, Kate Darby, she took a few key marks early on, um, you know, stopping the, the Ds clearing it, you know, um, out of their defensive half. Uh, the, the Cats were just, <clears throat> they started so well. Yeah, the, the Demons almost got there in the end, but... Um, you know, well, was... yeah, I mean, you, we say that the third quarter is the premiership quarter and, uh, I mean, they were leading by 30 points at the end of the third quarter. So it was, talk talk about a courageous effort by the Ds. Well, um, it looked like it was going to get pretty ugly, didn't it? Like, yes. had, it, had it gone on, like, the, the Cats went two goals, two goals, two goals, and then one. Um and, you know, the, the margin was only so close because the, the Demons really fought and, and dug in. But uh, mm. it looked like the Cats might have, you know, gone on a bit of a run in that last quarter. But um, tell you what, it's probably one of the most exciting finishes to a definitely an AFLW final. But um, it was it was a pretty tense last couple of minutes, wasn't it, Fee? Yeah, <laughs> my goodness. Like, um, um, But, I mean, talk about the last two minutes. But the first five or ten of that quarter, when the Demons just came out and kicked three goals, you thought, oh, hold on here. You know, <laughs> something might happen. And then I think uh, the Cats got their, their goal and then the Demons kicked another. I thought, geez, there's a minute and a half to go and there's only a goal in it, you know. Yeah. And then, and then... that point. The Demons get that point, you know, two feet, one foot the other side and it's a yeah. goal. Lauren but... Pierce, two behinds. Boo. <laughs> Yeah, but no, very, very exciting. But again, like, you know, last week I think it took the Demons until, what was it, the third quarter to get their first goal. It did. They just yep. left their run way too late, didn't they? And again, you know, I refer to the same thing as last week. They always look like they're under pressure. 
which a lot of the time they were, but they were just yeah. making mistakes that they normally normally wouldn't. Um, one player I do want to highlight for the Demons, if I can, um, Eliza West. I think she uh, was omitted from their first final, but she came back in. She was their top possession getter, but not just possessions. She had five tackles. She put a lot of pressure on. Um, I thought she was one of their, certainly one of their better players. Mm. Um so you just wanted to to mention her, but uh, but you know uh, going to Geelong, Nina Morrison. She's the last couple of seasons. I think she's really shown why the Cats took her at pick number one. You know, yeah. a few years ago, um, and Georgie Prespark is like, <laughs> what? This is her third. Is it her third season? Whatever it is, she just she's just oh, so good. Yes. She's only going to get be, yeah. better. <laughs> like she can just she, her pressure. She can kick goals. She's got. You know, you said it when we were off there. She's got footy smarts. Mm. I really like watching her play. Yeah, the kids are all right. That's right. <laughs> Don't know where I've heard that before. <laughs> uh, who else? Eden Zanka. Three goals for the match. Yeah. the D's, that is. And you spoke about the Crows sharing. Uh, there was a lot of sharing of the goals in this game from both, apart from Eden Zanka kicking three of the Demons. Um, the only other multiples goal scorer on the day was Amy McDonald of the Cats with two. All the other goal scorers, Fee, um, got one apiece. So, yeah, there was a yeah. lot of uh, there was a lot of sharing. A lot of kind sharing friends. That's right. <laughs> you know, spread it around. So, you know, and another oh, thing I thought I'd highlight, um, Maloney uh, from the the Cats, and the commentators kept speaking about this, as they tend to hone in on things in AFLW commentary. They they'll get their one, you know, Friday fun fact and stick with that for the yes. <laughs> the whole game. Sometimes the whole season, even. Mm. But Maloney, you know, four months ago she'd never kicked an AFL ball. She's now a key forward, a dominant key forward that's going to play in a preliminary final. That's amazing. That's and she's really good. Cool. You know, um, she's not just making up the numbers and doing a bit part. <laughs> she's, like, to look at her, you wouldn't know that she hadn't picked up a footy until four or five months ago. It's like a, like a Netflix movie asking to be made, isn't it? <laughs> well, you know, maybe you should put in a, you know, an offer for the rights for her story. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I will. <laughs> There you go. You heard it first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else to say about that match? The only thing I will say is um, crowd-wise, you know I like my stats and my crowd oh, numbers. Of course, yes, the crowd. So, and I'll, I'll mention it for the other game because I forgot. Uh, so Melbourne and Geelong, 5,057. So nice to get that, you know, 5,000. Yeah. Um, and up at Norwood over all the Swans and Crows, that was 4,600. 88, but tell you what, watching on screen, it, it sounded like there was a lot more people there. So, mm. but yeah, you know, good numbers to be getting up and around that that five thousand. But I think and there was a good good year, Sydney, have, sorry, good Sydney contingent there too, which was good. Yeah, to that's see. right. And I think uh, John Longmire was there from the Swans. I think there might have been a few other staff and players from the men's side as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well. You mentioned Longmire, and um, speaking of coaches, let's have a look at these coaches who are leaving. So we've got 
the following teams are losing their head coach. Uh, Collingwood, West Coast, no real surprises there. Bulldogs, again, no surprise. But the biggest surprise perhaps of all is that the Hawks are losing Beck Goddard. Yeah, I'm sure we weren't the only ones caught by surprise there, Fee. Yeah. Now, she's, we, like, we all know Beck Goddard, the preliminary um, uh, inaugural premiership coach. Uh, and she raised the issue of the lack of full-time employment in the role and that ended up being the reason she left, I understand, from, from Adelaide Crows, having had... Uh, uh, another successful season in in season two. No, I don't think they got to finals, but no, anyway, they was they were still dominant. Though. That's right. And um, so, having come back to the game, having had a bit of a hiatus, um, I'm flummoxed because she uh, she's attracted good players, but it is also a young list. And she has made that point many times in post-match interviews when when the the results perhaps did not go their way. I just thought it made absolute sense for her to coach that team for the next couple of years to a premiership, and that's what I was expecting. Yeah, well, I was certainly surprised when I saw the news that she'd, and, and not just, you know, uh, quit, the Hawks, but you know, she said she'd retired from coaching, um, or or words to that effect. So that, yeah. that surprised me because, look, you know, whatever roles you do in footy, there's you're gonna always have your your fans and people that maybe aren't as supportive. But yeah, I was really surprised. So look, hopefully she's not lost to, selfishly as a footy fan. Hopefully she's not lost to the game and she's still going to be involved somehow. But yeah, certainly surprising. As you said, you know, some of the other moves. Uh, Michael Pryor, we knew a few weeks ago, was just going to finish the season. He's a West Coast or former West Coast coach. Um, you know, uh, Nathan Burke from the Bulldogs, given their shocking season and, you know, just some of the rumblings, no real surprises that there was a parting of ways. Yeah. And even Collingwood, um, you know, haven't heard any bad words about Steve Simons, but I guess when you're at a club for, what is it, four or five seasons, and Collingwood probably went backwards this year. Um, again, not overly surprising that um, there's a parting of ways there. But, uh, yeah, certainly Bet Goddard um, surprised there. So, you know, there'll certainly be some um, selflessly for us. Wouldn't it be good if in the next few weeks there's a, a bit of movement and um, and some new appointments? I don't know that we will get any appointments before the – the season is finished to those four vacant coaching roles. but uh, Well, so I don't know. You know, you just never know the machinations of, of these clubs and I, I suspect they're always putting feelers out. So you just yeah. never know. Well, that's that's right. So, um, but I, yeah, just, I just really think. hope that some women are appointed to these roles. Yeah, well, it certainly would be nice. And, um, they don't you know, have to be ex-players. No, no. But you look at Michelle Cowan, you know, she was one of the, she was Frio's original coach. Yeah. She was one of the exhibition game coaches. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure what she's doing in footy these days, but, uh, you know, she's still in WA um, and, and interested. The the Eagles, you'd have to think, would be silly not to 
to have a chat with her. But, um, yeah, hopefully the coaches to all four clubs, um, regardless of whether they're male or female, hopefully they're people that have got a lot of experience in coaching female teams and being in, you know, those female footy environments. Um, you know, because because I that is what's required if you're going to take on this role. That is what's required. None of this did a couple of seasons at the academy, academy or weekend. some rubbish. No. <laughs> it's it, it's absolutely playing out for all to see and it's embarrassing and it's disappointing and we already knew better. Yeah, you, you don't develop It's not coaches. Ozkit. That's right. You don't <laughs> develop your coaches in, you know, like you develop them at another level, not at your elite level. That's literally what the NAM League is supposed to be. The 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 what used to be the TAC Cup, so the under eighteens and under nineteens boys and girls. Um, right. Give in, them experience as assistant coaches. But, that is literally you know. what that is for to develop the players and develop the coaches. That's where you go to develop. You do not do it at elite level. No, it's a in, disservice to the players. But uh, we've probably almost started a new segment there. Uh, you know, our soapbox is coming back. Or when I used to be on radio, I had very occasionally a segment called Hodjo's Huff. Nice. Uh, you might have just started Fees Fire then. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know if all of this will be resolved before we do our last, you know, pod for the season. But um, I think it's going to we'll be a see. very busy few weeks. Either way, we will have opinions, Loz. Oh, yes, and I'm happy to share that. <laughs> But let's do a segue now to some player movement. Yeah. I don't know that we're necessarily happy about some rumours that are going around, but, you know, it'd be remiss of us not to mention them. That's right. Who do you want to start with? Uh, Well, I reckon we we go with uh, the, not the word on the streets wrong, but there was an article a few days ago that potentially the Bulldogs, I think, might be interested in the Swans' Ellie Morfitt. Yeah. And my first reaction was, no. And, I mean, I'm a Collingwood supporter, but I've really enjoyed the Swans this year and watching Ellie in particular. Yes. And I thought, no, stay with the Swans. Don't go. So from us to you, Ellie, stay. You have to stay. That's right. I mean, Harborside Views and the Kofanger Cup, what more could you want to pay for? Oh, so I guess all will be revealed in the coming weeks and months. Well, that's right. But Fee, the other article, which mm. was more surprising, yes, was um, the news that there's some Victorian clubs. Now, the fact that Victorian clubs are interested in this player is not surprising. No, it's not. But I thought, oh, I don't know. I don't like the sound of this. Um, Elise Parker, it looks like, not looks like, Victorian clubs are interested in her. Yeah. Now, for the Giants, I don't think they can afford to lose a player of her calibre. No. You know, you can see why a player like her may be interested, if the offers are genuine, to go, you know what, I'm going to try myself in a new environment. I'm going to, you know, challenge myself. Um, Again, hopefully for the Giants, she stays. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I'm sure... As in, you know, the, the finals finish, there's going to be a lot more talk about other player movements from all, you know, all clubs and offers being made. 
So um, yeah, it'd be interesting. But I'll tell you what, not not good news for the New South Wales side. Sides if um if those rumours end up being true for you, is it? Yeah. Well, look, I just really feel for Elise Parker, and I have felt for her for the last couple of seasons, and I want to see her uh, with her hands on a Premiership Cup. And I think the only way that's going to happen is if she goes to another team. So well, I think on her shoulders alone, isn't there at the Giants? I, I think the Giants, uh, she is the giant on which the rest of the team, the giant on whose shoulders the rest of the team stands. Uh, and it is too much and it has been too much for too long and uh, she deserves to thrive and I hope that she gets a deal that knocks her socks off and perhaps has coaching uh, or some other kind of employment long-term tacked onto it. I just think she's earned the greatest contract ever and I, I really hope that she has a good, uh, a good, a good outcome, you know. Uh, and I think that's terribly sad for for Giants, but I just think it's time now. Yeah, yeah, I agree there, Fee. So yeah, we'll watch this space, but uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting. I think over the next, you know, little bit. All right, then let's preview next week's prelims. Now I still get very confused about this. First of all, I'll say it preliminary. I did it. Usually I can't say that word and I have to say prelims. The other thing is that we had the semi-finals last week and we're having the prelims this week. It does my head in, but there we are. It so makes sense to me. <laughs> yes, it's um, you know, all sports are different. So Saturday, November the twenty-fifth. Uh, Lions meet Cats. So Lions are fourth now on the ladder and Cats are sixth and they're meeting in uh, in Queensland, Brighton Homes Arena. Uh, 7.45pm, so it's a Saturday night uh, gig for us all. And then Sunday is North, who are in third place against the first place Crows. And they're an icon park in Melbourne. For goodness sake, Melbourne, get along to that. Anyway, let's have a look at these matches. Who do you favour? I'm going to go the Lions. Ooh. I think, and I was a well, it, it is a home game, so that t- tends to tip things in their favour. Yeah. Um, I know they only had a close win over the Crows to get, you know, the week off in the home prelim. Um, and the Cats have been amazing, particularly their, you know, their first two finals. But I think the Lions are just going to be a bit too good. But having said that, if the cro- Crows, if the Cats bring the footy like they did for the first three quarters on on Sunday, uh, it's going to be a ripping game fee. Yep. So, so that's why I'm going to go for the Cats. Well, there you go. Oh, bit of rivalry. Yep. And so Sunday's uh, spectacular, 3 p.m. I meant to say before. Um, what do you reckon? I'm going to go the Crows. Mm-hmm. I'm not as confident on this one, um, but, yeah, I'm going to go the, the Crows because, you know, we need another Crows-Lions grand final, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go for North. Oh, we're split again. Yep, yep. Well, I think it's going to be the great upset. Let's let's see what, see what happens. I think, you know what, though, I do think both games will be very close and they'll be great contests. Yep. Yep, so... Um, I mean, as you say, Lions have had the week off and so have North. Uh, sometimes people say that helps. Some people say that doesn't. Um, who knows? But I think that 
North are absolutely on fire. They were favoured the year they joined the the league and well, they've they never quite and gotten they, there. Was that um was that no, was that their second year? Oh no, maybe their second year was the COVID year where finals were canned. But mm. um yeah, North have been consistently up there, haven't they, as contenders since they entered the competition. Yeah. Um, so it, it will be an interesting one. I just think, so the first match, I think the week off benefits the Lions because it was such a close encounter with the Crows. But I think because the Crows come back and had such a good win against the Swans and they've now got that momentum, I think the week off might hurt North in this stage. But I think, as I said, mm. we're going to see two close games, you know, cracking contests. All right. Well, let's see what happens, shall we? <laughs> so this has been the semi-final show of the Coat Hanger for AFLW Season 8. And for the best hub of using women's footy, tune in to the Coat Hanger. <laughs>